Welcome to episode 63 of the Console Ninjas Podcast. I'm Jay Stokes, joined today by two of our Scottish brethren, Will and Del. Hello, boys. Hello. Uh, how are things north of the wall? What a shake. Is winter coming? It's, um... Well, it kind of came in one day in that it rained a bit, it healed a bit, and then it was sunny. Isn't that every day over there? Aye. <laughs> What do you mean, Dale? Summer's already been for one day. No, every day it's normally just rain. This time we actually had a bit of sun and hail just to mix it up. Call him bullshit. (laughs) We We don't have any of that falling out of the sky. We get it once a year for about a week. The sun, mate. It's not as bad as you think. So, Dale, now you're back from uh, Iceland with your big suitcase full of fish fingers, probably. Yes, Um, and mother's. (laughs) (laughs) bad man Um, have you been up to anything since you've been back that you want to talk about what have you been doing Um, I've just been trying to get over the immense tiredness I felt which is weird because you'd think if I had going to America it would be a lot worse but because it's only an hour behind you kind of get back and you think oh it's not that different and you try and follow the same pattern and it doesn't really work out so well added to that I was early shift at work the very next day of coming back from a flight at midnight so all of that bullshit means Dell was too drunk to care <laughs> not on Iceland prices man jeez no, that is guess not no. that is horrendous but I, I, I've not been doing a, a huge amount I've been looking at some of the stuff in the festival up here in Edinburgh that's coming up so trying to book a few things there see if there's anything worth seeing but um, I'm mostly skint because hey Iceland it was worth it though, innit, mate? You got them, uh, got them memories. I saw some of your pictures, look pretty cool. Yeah, oh yeah, no, it was fantastic. It's, if anybody ever fancies going to Iceland, then hire a four wheel drive car, go travelling about. It's a wonderful place. It's a bit scary. There's nothing quite like driving up the side of a cliff on a gravel road and going, I'm not sure this is safe, but <laughs> it's a wonderful place to just admire the scenery. It's also so incredibly desolate. It's You can go for absolutely ages and see nothing, not even a car coming in the opposite direction. Oh, mind you of home then. Not my specific home, but yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. It was only a jive at Scotland. Uh. You know, like every <laughs> other sentence I say. So, uh, who's been playing some games? I'm sure some of us have been doing something. Will, do you want to uh, go? I've been playing some games. Um, go on well, on. I mean, I, I bought the boy a laptop for Christmas and I currently have a loan of it because he's away in Florida on his halls. So, um, I installed a few games on it. Bought him, bought him some games off of the Humble Bundle and whatnot, and one of them was Octodad. Uh, so I've been playing a bit of that. It is hilarious. If, if you've not really played it, have you, Jess? Del, what about you? Have you? Yeah, yeah I've played it. I've played a few levels of it. Yeah, I've got it on Steam. How can um, you know I've completed it? I couldn't put it down. I finished the entire game in the DLC in one sitting, because I just couldn't. When have you known me to complete a game? <laughs> there was too many people talking to each other, and it went there. Uh, so there's a bit of story in this, <laughs> I've got to turn it off. Uh. Unless it's Scream Ride, man, it doesn't matter, that's the thing. Unless it's Scream Ride. Uh, which I also haven't finished. You seem to have abandoned <laughs> that, Dil. You have you played it, Dil? Octodad? Uh, I've, I've played a little bit of it, uh, but not. I've not really sat down and concentrated on it. It seems the sort of game that I'd want to play if I was at a loose end for about two or three hours. Aye, aye that, that was exactly how it went for me. 
um, hooked it up through my telly, used my Xbox 360 controller, and just sat down and got tuned into it. But, oh, no, 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 what, no, no, what, no, what? no. This, I knew you were going to say that. Don't use a controller to play Octodad. I can't use keyboard. Don't use a controller. What? Keyboard and mouse is the fucking way for that game, honestly. It works so much do. better using the left and right mice to do different sides of your body. It's absolutely fantastic that mm. way. Oh, you're doing it wrong. Either way, I played sorry. through it. It was a lot of fun. The, I mean, everybody knows what Octodad is. Uh, I was, it's just one of those games I've always been kind of dying to play. And that other mob have got it, haven't they? And we don't. Um, but... Not for uh, long, I know, no. I know. Well, you know, I bought it for the boy and I got to play it, so I'll probably not have to bother buying it on the Xbox. Um, the, mostly, I was impressed with the fact that this little PC that cost me less than 300 quid, this little laptop uh, that I got for the boy for his Christmas, was able to handle that and a few other games. I mean, I've got Skyrim installed on it. That was pretty impressive to me, sitting with a laptop on my lap, uh, well, obviously on my lap, with a controller plugged in on train playing Skyrim you kind of beat that so in terms of Octodad what was your craziest combination of knocking things over or getting it horribly wrong to be honest playing the main game it was kind of fine it went with an incident um, there was a few slipping on bananas and landing on people and uh, a bit of hilarity at the stupidity of trying to climb stairs with the character it was more in the, the two DLC ones you got with it uh, Okay. One of them is, um, you, you played through the story as like him trying to convince his wife he's not an octopus, blah blah blah. The first DLC is his first date, but with the woman before she becomes his wife, and for some reason you get mistaken as a waiter very early on in the mission. So you're in this re- fancy restaurant, uh, you're trying to sit down, and sitting down is the most hilarious thing ever because you could never sit in that seat right ever. So half the time, one of his legs is flipped over the edge of it, and he's kind of sitting upside down mm-hmm. in the chair, trying to act natural and eat dinner. Uh, and then suddenly you get a shout from the waiters, and you need to run about. And I've never seen it was the only time the game dropped the frame rate because there's hundreds of tables and chairs. Well, not hundreds. There's quite a few tables and chairs kicking about, full of food, people, everything. And if you make a wrong move, you just smash those tables into the air, and everything goes all over the place. Uh, it's it was pretty funny, and the other one that I played was there's one where the son and daughter are sitting telling a story about their dad, so it's a fictional Octo Dad game <laughs> where um, you go well you start off as a nurse in a hospital and you're running about trying to look after patients, but suddenly you need to take a guy into surgery, and for some reason he becomes a robot, and you need to do a surgeon simulator style mini game. On the dad, and that that, okay. that was pretty funny. Just uh, so it's it's more. It, it sounds like what they did is they had the main game, which they tried to tell a kind of proper-ish story, yeah. and for the DLCs, you've just thought, well, why don't we just come up with interesting scenarios and put lots of kind of objects you can interact yes. with in the environment, and then go a bit crazy. Yeah, definitely. That's that's the way it felt to me. Um, particular uh, funny moment in the the, the hospital one was when I had to take a patient who was lying on the floor onto a stretcher and take him down to the operating room and you just pick the guy up and fling him onto the thing and he's like kind of lying head at a weird angle upside down, legs in the air. <laughs> and Isn't that normal NHS treatment? Pretty much, mate. And you're um, ramming him through doors and his head's hitting off the side which is making him fall off again and 
that that it was all pretty funny. But, but no much else to say about Optodad except it was really fun, and it was definitely worth the so, two pound fifty that I paid for it. It's definitely a fun game. I need to get back and finish that. Was, yeah, it's it's a very much. Like I said it's a distraction. <clears throat> you know, you you kind of sit there and you're a bit bored of maybe shooting things or driving or you don't want to get bogged down in a big story kind of driven things in. That's what these indie titles kind of do in a lot of ways when you take uh, an idea or a theme and just do a little bit of craziness with it and don't ask too much of you really. They just want you to experiment and have a bit of fun. Yeah, definitely. Um... I see, it's just like Goat Simulator and stuff like that and it's there for, for its entertainment value. It doesn't try to be anything more. I did notice there's um, collectibles in each level. I'd never noticed. I think I noticed it on like, the second last mission of the actual game, where uh, apart there's seems to be ties, like, three ties in each level that you can collect. But I only found one because one I, I happened to hear one of the janitors moaning about having to unblock plug the unblock the toilet, and I seen a plunger and I decided to go at it, and there was a tie in the toilet. But I mean I. Wasn't really interested in going back for them, but I suppose there's something there to go back for if you really want to. Oh, fair enough. <clears throat> Definitely sounds like something that I do have it in my Steam library, but get it played, Dill. Get get that. Well, it's one. Of, it's it's weird because it's one of those things like a lot of indie games where you look at it and part of you goes, "Well, I can play at any point because it takes two or three hours, and I've got this big, huge game that I kind of need to get done or I want to get done." But then when you're done with it, you think, well, I've finished that. I'll move on to the next main game as opposed to maybe taking a little break. Maybe so use it as your next palette cleanser. Maybe I need to do a bit more. In between games. Yeah. But uh, apart from that, I managed to snag myself a copy of The Witcher 3. Which you've, you've lost me now for the next three months, I think, looking at the size of the game. It's going to be another Dragon Age. I'll be talking about it for the next, well, two episodes. <laughs> Have you oh. hunted anything beasts? <laughs> I've hunted any beasts. I have hunted a few beasts. Um, I've hunted the the griffin that you get to fight at the start of it. Uh, that was pretty fun. Um, I've hunted a fair few hags and a werewolf. I did that as well. Um, it's pretty fun. It's I don't want to be too reductive, but it's kind of fable for adults. Is that is that too harsh? I, I don't know, because whenever I think of Fable, I, I, what kind of consequence type decisions is it asking you to make? Uh, well, that's the one thing I would say is, is good about it. It's very Dragon age in the way that almost every mission you'll have like a dialogue tree of like how you want to respond to people. Most of the times it's as simple as someone's asking you to do something for them and maybe you smell a rat and you want to question them on it. But there was one, and this is early game stuff here, um, there was a a mission at the start of uh, the first beast you go after is the griffin but I got activated a side quest where when I went to the herbalist to get the stuff that I needed to fight the griffin she had a patient who was dying um, now you tell her that you know of a witcher potion that you could make, you could brew and it might save a life or it might kill her uh, so you have to make the, the decision on whether to help or kill the person but what I have found is, like maybe five or six hours into the game, I've, there's actually a consequence to that decision. Um, later on in the game, someone knew the person, and whether you saved the person or not will 
offer you another quest or maybe scorn you for it kind of thing. And I found that quite a bit. So that's early game stuff and it's already happening. It's good, but it's not quite Dragon Age. Because Dragon Age kind of... It's got the characterisation there. It's got all the people that you love. Um, and you'll want to see that all through. But in The Witcher, I find... I feel as if I'm playing with a low-rate solid snake. How how do you mean? He, he just he looks and sounds like Solid Snake, and he's too cool. In a couple of boxes. This, this is the difference. You play Dragon Age, you make up your character. So my character was Wooly, and I'm making decisions based on kind of how I feel I would react in the situation. But in The Witcher, The Witcher's all about being cool and stoic and, you know, tough. And I sometimes feel that plays into my decision-making when I'm talk- talking to people. Okay. Um, it's not so much a bad thing, it's just, I, I think maybe if I'd played The Witcher 1 and 2, I would have had a, a love for the character. I, I don't particularly care about him, I like everything else that's going on around about me. Uh, when I say that it was like Fable, uh, I'm mostly meaning the combat and the item usage. So when, when you get into a group of enemies, you can lock on and you can try and roll around people, but I've found that actually makes fights last longer. Uh, what you're actually doing is you're jumping in amongst everyone and you're quick you're using your quick attacks and your heavy attacks kind of thing and you're just kind of jumping left and right between them rolling it the way if you really need to you've got food that if you've equipped it on your d-pad you know you know in fable where you get like celery and apples and stuff and once you eat the last of your apples it'll give you another random piece of food to eat if you need it it's got that and it's exactly the same um so that I was probably being a bit harsh, but when it comes into its own is when you're hunting particular monsters, because it always the game emphasises. I'm not not just talking about like, in the tutorials. I talk about the character goes on about it to no end that you should be reading up on what you're going to fight. So if you're going to fight the Griffin, for instance, you go into your best area and it tells you exactly what weaknesses the thing has. So you can either go and fight it one on one, which would probably be a mistake. Or you can go and brew the proper oil to put onto your sword that it will be weak against it. You can make sure you've got the right spell equipped and bring the right grenade with you. And it seems to be like that for all the monsters. They all have their unique weaknesses kind of thing. So I'm definitely finding myself using that more. Paying attention to what the, the, the monsters are all about. It's it's pretty good. The, the I, I think we've already heard... Um, Stu talking about the broken horse and I think it's probably not too harsh to be honest. I've had a lot of things where the horse likes to run on its front legs and not the back legs which is it can be funny but it's not funny when you're trying to go around the corner and you go alongside a little tiny fence and the horse decides to stop dead in the middle of a chase and it takes a couple of seconds to get it back up and running again um, so that's probably the the only thing. I mean, I've got a few videos saved of some of the bugs, and most of them are funny, but the horse is the only one that kind of takes you out of it. But, yeah, it's good. <laughs> Do you guys think anybody well, would be getting it? I've, I've got my copy sitting there. It's just, it's a time thing, having just kind of gone through Dragon mm. Age. I don't, I don't want to sit down for another 80 to 90 hour kind of game at this point, because Dragon Age was great, but it, it wears you out. It 
can really wear you out just loading up the same game because it you sit and you go I really want to play it and the other side of you goes but I'm kind of a bit tired of the world yeah. now I've reached I've reached my point of being tired of the world Did you... but I hear that The Witcher is a lot better at not having collectibles and things like that it's not got the kind of filler drag, that Dragon Age kind well, of had a little bit what I would say is um, the, there's two aspects to that one of them is when you get to an area uh, I mean, do you remember getting to the Hinterlands and um, Dragon Age and just looking at the sheer size of it and going, how the hell am I going to do this? Uh, I would definitely estimate the map that I'm in right now is about five or six times bigger than the Hinterlands and it is covered, okay. absolutely covered to, all over it with little question marks and each one has a monster's nest that you need to burn to stop the monsters from spawning there, someone being attacked, um, little side missions... Everything like that. Um, it took me about five or six hours to clear the first map, which was pretty big, but nowhere near as big as the one that I got to next. I think once I got to the second map in the game, I kind of looked at the size of it and I kind of turned the game off shortly after it because I was like, I can't face that right now. That's too big. <laughs> um, because the difference is the... Well, I mean, Dragon Age is kind of the same. The area, The enemies don't scale with you. In this game, so if you wander in the wrong direction, you are getting pasted, and it it was just a bit much to look at at first. So that that's one kind of big fillery thing, and the other filler is a really fun filler that you can you can ignore it if you want to, but if you did, you're kind of missing out on one of the best things of The Witcher, which is Gwent. Um, it's an inbuilt card game, and it you start you very quickly. I think the first tavern you go to. There's a guy in the pub, and if you approach him, uh, he'll offer you a tutorial game of Gwent, uh, and he'll give you a little basic deck to use. You can then, almost every kind of shopkeeper in the game after that, you can offer a game of Gwent, you can gamble 10 coins, and take them on. And if you beat them, generally you get a card and some other items. But what I've found... Oh, you see, this is the thing, though. I, I, I have a slight... I don't have an issue. I just can't be... I spend so much time learning how to... Kind of the intricacies of the game itself. To then have to sit down and learn the intricacies of another game within the game. Just kind of, There's a point I just go at. That's just too much work now. It's the same thing. Every Final Fantasy game that has had... A kind of individual card or... Oh, careful you say Pub that. game careful, sort of thing. Careful, careful. Careful. I'm just, I'm just saying. Every single one that's had that, I've never learned how to play them because life's too short. If I'm going to spend seventy hours playing the game as well to learn how to be masterful at a card game. Um. Well, as as I say, you can ignore it. The same as in Final Fantasy. I'd imagine there will be story beats where you'll play a game of Gwent against someone, but generally you find in games if that happens, you're going to play against someone who isn't really too good easy. at it. Yeah. Um. So yeah. you should be fine. But I mean, I spent five hours last night just playing Gwent because uh, I absolutely love it. You know me, I like my card games and uh, things like that. The only thing I'm gutted about is I've built a deck that I'm pretty proud of uh, through going about beating people and I want to play people with it. I want to play other human beings at Gwent but I can't. Well, well, I got the special edition of The Witcher 3 which gave me two Gwent decks. Have you seen how much she can sell Apparently. them for me? I have no intention of no, selling No, no, but I'm just saying, um, just the two the, the, the two Gwent decks are going for 70, 80 quid on eBay, and they're selling. 
<laughs> because people want to play Gwent against other people. Because this is the thing. So I was going to say that is that that's the cost of the special edition within itself. Near well, I know two thirds of the cost cost of the special edition itself. Yep. In that case, if they're selling for sixty seventy quid, that's madness. Yeah. Um, I mean, because one of the things I'm finding is playing against the AI. I kind of know how the AI thinks now, and I've learned to trick it. But I think my tactics to play against the AI teams wouldn't work against an actual person because they wouldn't, they would be able to tell that I was goading them into playing too many cards. Because the idea of Gwent is you get 10 cards each at the start of the game and you play three rounds with those 10 cards, but every time you use a card, you've lost it and you don't redraw. So you might play the last round and your opponent could have five cards left and you've only got the one to play, which means you're going to get beat. Um, I've kind of learned to play the, the game in a way that forces the opponent to use a lot more cards than you do. But I think if you were playing against a, a human opponent, they would recognise that instantly and would hold back on their cards. So, Well, I'll, I'll bring the decks down to Eurogamer with me. In that I'll case. show you how to play it. It's, it but as I say, you can completely ignore Gwent altogether, but I found a string of um, side missions in the game. So there's like a Gwent society in each area. Uh, I mean, the area I'm in right now, there's a guy called the Bloody Baron, and he's a story-based character, but he's the founder of the, the Gwent society. And if you beat him, he'll reveal a couple of players that you can play and have a special game when each one of these people gives you a rare card. But as I say, if you don't like it, don't do that part of it. You know what I mean? Uh, you're not going to get much in the way of experience. You will get plenty of Sorry, you will get plenty of coin for uh, doing it. And coin is pretty rare in The Witcher, is what I'll say. Um, I've been playing it quite a bit, and I've I've only just started to build up funds now, and I've got a thousand coins, and I feel absolutely. I never, but no, no one ever uses coins in games. I had got tons of cash in Dragon Age, and I spent the some total of fuck all. And then you need money in the Witcher. With those coins. Especially, I mean, I'll be honest with you, I took the shite bag route and went for the second difficulty. I tried to play it on the, th- on the third. Ooh. I think it's Blood and Broken Bones is the third difficulty. Uh, it's the kind of. Out of how many? Out of four. So I went for the second. Okay. So I'm basically playing it in normal mode. But generally in the game, if there's no enemies running about you and you're fairly safe, if you press the start button, you can choose the meditate option which lets your character rest for a certain amount of time. It's it's like the kind of Skyrim wait system where you kind of move the clock so that you can do something in the quest, like maybe you need to be back somewhere at noon, and this you can meditate. In normal mode, meditating uh, refills your health bar, which I think is kind of fair enough. And Blood and Broken Bones, meditating only changes the time of day and refills your potions. But... I mean, I've only got one potion that actually heals HP, and you only get three uses out of it before you need to meditate again. Uh, but mostly you need to use food to survive. Uh, and if you're going to play in blood and broken bones, you're going to need a lot of food on you, because you're going to be eating a lot. You're going to have a big fat character. Um, although that doesn't happen, it's not like Fable. And food costs a lot of money. I mean, when I went to refill my water the other day at a merchant, and it buy five water bottles, it was charging me 185 coins and that only refills about maybe 20% of your health bar over a slow period of time by the way which is 
pretty interesting when you're trying to fight a tough boss. So coin is pretty important in The Witcher, more so than in your Dragon Age and stuff. But okay, yeah. okay. Any questions? No, I will get round to it. I just it's going to be next year. I know it's going to be next year before I get round to it because. I can't see where I'm going to be able to fit in another 80 hour game. Dragon Age took me three months, to be honest, to finish. Because of the lack of time that I actually have in the evenings these days. And we still need to get you to finish them Assassin's Creed games, don't we? Aye. Aye, apparently. But aye, that's that's pretty much in a nutshell, that's what what I've been playing. It's not much in a nutshell, it's a pretty long nutshell, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) You know me. Bit of a nutshell. You are you are a bit of a nutshell. Man. As simple as that. I'm a bit played Gwen. <laughs> so Dell. <laughs> yeah, I, I I really fancy that card game because I loved all the ones in oh, the. Oh, Dell, Dell. You know I love you know I love my Hearthstone mm-hmm. and things like that. And uh, I don't know. I'm really intrigued by the game, but I'm just shit at finishing games. I need to finish some of the ones I've got before I start taking on something else. You see, listen. The problem is, I finished the game, but I take so long that because I take so long for me to finish them. I, I'm never up to date. Especially now with being back out on my bike and stuff, I just uh, I just know I'm not going to finish any games ever. But there we go. That's just me. Um, Del, what have you been actually playing yourself? I, I have been playing Axiom Verge, which is uh, PS4 and PC. I think it's yeah. actually only on PS4 at the moment. Um, game um, that is in the style of a Metroid title, but a very basic Metroid title. So the starts off, as always, with a scientist trying to do something very scientific. It all goes horribly they wrong. They do that, you know, these know. scientists. They like doing scientific things. So he tries to do something scientific. I don't really know what. I think I will figure that out by the end of the game. But he, he's trying an experiment. It all goes horribly wrong and he gets sucked into a world that he now has to save. Because that always seems to happen. You have to save the world. Or whatever world that you end up in. And what happens is that you, basically it's a side-scrolling 2D, 2D game where you go between different environments, gain extra skills to navigate through these environments and use different arrays of blasters to hit enemies, go through puzzles, etc, etc. So you get the general idea. It is a, a kind of skill-based progression system. Now... Normally, in these sort of situations, you would get a skill and then you go straight back the way you came and go, what have I missed and what can I pick up and what goodies do I get? Mm-hmm. So far, I've not had to do it that much. It's actually been quite linear for a game that I thought was going to be a bit more about exploration, to be honest with you. But, I also don't mind that too much because I feel as if I'm making progression at a pretty steady rate. I'm always getting some, like a new weapon or I'm getting a new skill. And through that, bits of the world are opening up and driving me forward each time. Um, and it's been not, it's been not too bad. It's not been something that I've kept going back to because I think, oh, I really need to go and play some Maxim Verge. But when I'm sitting there and going, ah, I've got, you know, 20 minutes, half an hour to kill, I'll put it on because I'll go, well, I'll maybe see if I can get to the next checkpoint area or the next save location. And it's, They've done it quite nicely in the way that they've broken that up the game so that the save locations aren't too far apart. So it's something that I've ended up chipping away at 
more than I've actually sat down and really kind of worked at as much as I, like, you know, something like Dragon Age where I sat down for two hours, three hours at a time. Axiom version may be doing 45 minutes, up to an hour tops two, session two hours, three hours at any one point. Age, amateur. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it is entertaining, it's just not addictive. If that makes any sense. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't sound like my kind of game, but what, I mean, is it combat in it? Is it? Yeah, there is. There's each section normally has a couple of enemies in it, and defeating them. It's really, to be fair, it's not overly difficult to defeat them. It really is just a case of shooting them with your blaster and making sure you recognise the patterns. Generally, it's in most of these games. If you go running into somewhere, then yes, you're going to make a horrendous mistake because you're not. Taking, you know, you're not paying attention to what's around you. But as long as you take it a bit slow and a bit careful, then you're not really in too much danger. And there's a bit of platforming, which is quite nice. But it's, 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 it's really odd. It's a game that I like to play, but not a game that I desperately want to play at the same time. Yeah, that's. I'm saying, yeah, I appreciate that sounds a bit weird, but it's, it's not got its hooks into me. If that makes sense. Yeah. Well, not every game's going to grab you by the balls. No, but, it, but when I do kind of sit in front of my PS4 and kind of go, oh, I'll just do a quick hour of action before I come away from it, going, actually, that's quite a lot of fun. And it's presented in a very kind of indie 8-bit style. Like it's come out of a SNES, for example. Well, isn't everything these days? Yeah, it seems to be the end thing at this point in time, which is fine, but there's a certain point that you actually kind of look, sit there and you go, Okay, initially it was quite nice, but now everyone's doing it. Shovel Knight did it, Axiom Verge has done it, and I'm I'm not necessarily sick of the style, but all the kind of interesting and ooh, isn't that very nice aspect of it has now kind of disappeared for me into, yeah, okay, it's just an 8-bit style. It's fine. Um, and of course, if it was SNES style, it would be a 16-bit style, not an 8-bit. Well, yeah. But, uh, you know. Pedantic holes in the <laughs> <laughs> um, But it's. I, I actually, to be fair as well, it's probably not the nicest looking game in the world. Even with its stylings, it's. It's a bit bland. I, I personally. I, I probably will find some people that really like the style of it. I find the general environments to be a little bit bland. Not hugely interesting to look at. But. The environment, but in terms of the platforming, it's it's done pretty well. It's not. There's no never been a point that I've been jumping about or shooting anything and I've died, and I've gone. Well, that's the game's fault. Well, that's that's quite important. Always... Games into it. It's, if it comes yeah. into any mistakes I... or didn't you, then that's at least they're doing their job right. Yep, exactly. It's there's never been a point that I felt that the game has been screwing me over. It's all very much my own fault. So the mechanics are well done. They are nice and they are dependable and they work exactly as you'd expect them to work, which is good. Good stuff. It's just a bit... Mm, it's, yeah, it's just a bit... Mm, <laughs> I don't know what it... It's, I can't think of any other way of putting it. <laughs> I'll be honest, it. you put me in a down on oh. <laughs> So basically what you're saying, Del, is it's a game. You might like it and you might not. No, I think if you... Imagine that, Del. No, 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 it's, it's not that. If, 
think if you play it, you'll like it. But I just don't think you'll have a great desire to keep coming back to it every single night. Mm. But it's the sort of thing that when you put it on, you go, oh yeah, this is actually a lot of fun. And then you'll maybe not play it again for the best part of three or four days. And then you'll come back to it and you go, oh, actually, it's a lot of fun. I mean, I'd recommend it, but I'd recommend it when it goes on sale. That sounds fair enough, to be honest. At this point, I'd say it's the sort of thing that I think if it it came out at about £13, whereas I kind of think it's a nice little six ninety nine game at this point. So, have you played anything that you actually like? I do like it, yeah. <laughs> no, like ever. Have you ever played anything you actually like? We're playing a lot anyway. of Halo, but we can have a discussion about that later. Um, oh, we can talk about Halo now if you want. If you're done. Um, and, well, I've been playing a lot of Drive Club still. Oh, and that is... I think I might write something about that, because initially when it came out, it got a ton of well-deserved kind of slagging because of the various systems that didn't work and the things that were not in it that should have been in it. But now, if you go back to it, it is a really good racing game. It's a really, really good racing game. And the amount of expansions you've put out for free, if you've got the season pass, is ridiculous. They're up to about, I don't know, 10 or 12 expansions. All of which actually have a decent amount of content, most of which give you new cars as well. And as long as you've got the season pass, you, they all appear to be included in that. So is that more tracks, more modes? Yep, more tracks. Um, not more modes. They've not really put anything new in terms of giving you something a bit different. But it's more tracks, more cars, more events. And because the base driving of that game is as good as it is, and it is really, really good, then that's all you kind of want. You just want something to say, right, here's a bunch of Lamborghinis. Go drive around this track when it's pitch black. And it's great. Oh, go on then if I have to. Yeah. It's it's really, really good. It's But unfortunately, the start of that game is, just hinders it so much that if you say that to most people, they'll go, isn't that the one that launched when it was completely broken? And you kind of go, yeah, yeah. But now, it it's really quite... It's probably the second best racer of last year for me now. Nice. Behind what? Behind Forza Horizon 2. But that's because I like just driving through fields in Italy with absolutely no care in the world. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> We've all had fun doing that together. Yeah. Is that all you all your stuff done then for now, Dan? Um all is I'll do a little bit of Mortal Kombat ten because oh, it is well, ridiculous. Blimey, he has been busy, hasn't he? Um it is, it's pretty much exactly what Mortal Kombat 9 was, just with a slightly nicer looking lick of paint. So it's got the over-the-top story mode, it's got the over-the-top fatalities, it's got a ton of gore, it's got all the kind of stupid stuff you'd expect a Mortal Kombat to have. For example, in one of the stages you can pick up a person from the background and use them as an object to chuck at your opponent. <laughs> Which they've now decided to turn into a brutality if you fulfil a certain set of conditions. At which point if you chuck her at the opponent and it's a, I think it finishes him, she'll then go absolutely <laughs> mental and kick his head in. Which is hilarious. You can't, can't argue with that. No, exactly. It's brilliant. So, Mortal Kombat 10 is exactly what you'd expect Mortal Kombat to be. 
Now I really enjoyed 9, I found the story mode to be completely and utterly stupid but in the most enjoyable way in the world. 10 is so far doing exactly the same sort of thing in that it's really stupid but really enjoyable. Uh, the only issue I've got with it is they've brought back the really annoying crypt system. Where you basically are in the first person you have to go up to crypts and then unlock things by destroying the crypt. Which is fine. But I'd rather they just give me a list of things that I could do that with. Rather than having to wander around a cemetery for ages trying to find the one thing I've not unlocked because I didn't mm. have enough souls. Plus I hear there's it's a bit of a pain in the back ridiculous side. jump scares in the crypt. Is that a thing? I've I've not come up against any at this point. I mean to be honest with you, once you've seen the the best one of the best moves I've seen so far in terms of the X ray move is Somebody gets bounced on the ground. A guy, then the guy who's doing it, uh, fires arrows. So he basically gets two arrows out, fires them at the guy who's just been bounced off the ground. They go into his eyeballs, one per eyeball, and it f- just shoots him back. And every single time I do it, I can't just help but laugh like a really Does idiotic. Does it have to be guy goes dusty? The bottom. <laughs> I don't. I haven't seen him yet. It might do. They do tend to throw all the kitchen sink and these sort of things. But if you like Mortal Kombat Nine, you'll like Ten. It is. It's kind of the same sort of game. I won't know the intricacies of the fighting game itself, so I can't tell you in terms of juggling counters, frame hits, any of that sort of stuff. And um, no the idea. story mode does it do the but, injustice thing where it jumps between characters, or do you just go right? Yeah. Yep, yeah, no, you uh, you fight as different because characters I quite like that for each chapter. And Injustice, and I'd heard that they were kind of leaning towards that for this one as well. I, I don't know, did they do that in 9 as well? They did it in Mortal Kombat. Uh, I've, Mortal Mortal Kombat really, I mean, well, I think. I've not got much time in my life for fighting games, and Street Fighter's the only one I seem to be able to get back to, because I'd... I... I'd, I'd highly recommend, if you, if you ever see Mortal Kombat 9 going cheap, because the story mode only take you about three hours, three and a half hours tops. And it's actually nice to have a mode in a fighting game that isn't just doing yeah. the arcade ladder. You know, they've actually done voice work and there's a kind of story and it's a bit silly but it's also really enjoyable at the uh, same time. I might, I might do that then if I see it. Is that on... So was it bullshit about having to pay for fatalities and things like that? Yeah. That. What you pay is for the easy fatality, which is basically something <sighs> like pressing down an X. But that's so you can for... still do all the combinations and stuff like yeah. the old ones. It's for people that ah, can't be arsed going into um, Google and typing fatality um, combinations. Now, yeah, some of them you... then people can be charged through the nose. I don't care. Yeah, exactly. And the thing is that yeah, some of the fatalities you have to unlock in the crypt, but most of them are not that hard to pull off. At least so far, I've not found any of them too difficult to pull off. To be honest. It's, you just have to look them up. Tell you how to do with the game? No, no. Well, it's like any fighting game in that there won't, it doesn't tell you how to do every single thing, but there's always a guide somewhere that will tell you how to do it. It's really not that difficult. I might, as I say, I might pick up nine if I see it, but I think it'll be a while before ten will come down in price, so uh, I probably won't be touching that anytime soon. Yeah. Although I know, I don't know. I mean, in saying that, these. Fighting games are the kind of the epitome of go quick cheap titles because after the initial rush, there's not going to be a huge market for them after that. 
Because the people that will buy fighting games straight away are the people that like want to buy the fighting games straight away. Yeah. But after that, I think it's a bit like action films in some way, and I think the back end falls out of them pretty quickly once the initial glut of people have I'll seen keep them. A wee eye on it, but I mean, I'll need to play some sort of fighting game soon as well, no getting Street Fighter, eh? Well, considering, um, the, considering the current state of the Street Fighter 4 port on PS4, that's maybe not a I bad thing. But, <laughs> is that you then, Dale? Is that, is that all you've been playing? <laughs> that's me, honest. Oh, you're, Dale, uh, you're, you're not Dale, you're Jace. That is. <laughs> been a busy player. No, no, I'm, I'm done. Yeah, what, Dale, you let's, do let's go back over Jeez. it again. <laughs> please, please do. <laughs> I'm pretty sure everyone else is saying, please don't. So uh, we'll go to Jace. Because he's been doing bike, some interesting he? things. He's been letting everybody know about Have it. I? He, loves, he loves letting you know yep. about his bike, doesn't he? Have you seen his Facebook? What? I like riding a bike. I've not seen his Facebook. I've just seen his various images of how many he's, miles he's, he's ridden his bike for. He's picture his bike. He's <laughs> fucking loving it. Nothing, nothing wrong What's wrong with that? Just, just, stating, just stating the fact. Shut up, Will. You fucking arsehole, you are. Be thankful I'm not one of these fucking road cyclists because they're fucking endless boring cunts and I'd be fucking pushing it down everyone's throat all the time. But I'll get to that when I, when I can afford one. Um, anyway, other than riding my bike and uh, trying to be a bit less of a fat ass, um, I've been, what have I been doing? Uh, first of all, let's get the rant out of the way. Uh, me and you, Will, have been playing through the yeah. Halo games on Medjury and the Master Chief Collection. Went all the way through Halo 1 co-op. Lovely. Wonderful times. Going through Halo 2 <laughs> legendary co-op. It's significantly <laughs> more difficult. But it's... <laughs> it's, it's significantly more difficult. But um, still lots of fun. Until such time as uh, the other day. We got into the profit room on level yes. 6. Regret. Yes. And we got to the end of the level of the profit room. We got hit the profit. And you got loads of honor guards around. And after the second checkpoint, it crashed well, you to dashboard, didn't it? Yes, I was still in the game, but it crashed yeah, you to dashboard. It was actually so you the first time. The I didn't go to dashboard the first time. No, this was the this was the other time. The first time it happened, yeah, which was last week. And then again, it happened to us today. Yes, today, in fact, yeah. Um, well, I suppose so people listening it today, will be a bit. Oh no, I, I don't even know. <laughs> Well, whenever it was, we've gone through twice now to the same point, and it's crashed us out. And uh, you get to the point where you go, I love this game, I love playing co-op, but do I really want to go through and go through that anguish again for potentially it, uh, having it put happen it across, the third time? Um, anybody who's played Halo on any difficulty in co-op will know that when someone dies, if the other person gets to a safe area, the other person spawns beside them, and everybody's good to go, you get you respawn with all your weapons again, which is lovely. In Halo 2 Legendary, if one person dies, you go back to the next checkpoint. So it's a lot more difficult than what we're used to with Halo 2. It's kind of changed the way our tactics have worked, because a lot of the times when we get to difficult areas in Halo, one person kind of hangs back, is, tries to fight them, but stays in an area where they can easily spawn the other person and get, get to safety, and the other person Rambo John's in. But... <laughs> In this, obviously, we've had to change our tactics, so both of us have to be effectively 
doing the same type of thing going forward at the same time, working together better. I kind of like it now that now, now that being I've careful. Got to grips with it, <laughs> I kind of like that about the game. Uh, I feel as if I'm doing a lot more because obviously, and I'm going to say this just once, but obviously you're a wee bit better at Halo than me when it comes to this, the killing because you get the killing the the kill sheet. <laughs> that to be the you get the wee kill sheet at the end of the level and you see the amount of kills and when we're playing any of the halos you generally find you probably kill about not quite twice as much as me but maybe maybe about 60% more than me something like that um, a, few, a few but definitely in this plane I, I feel like I'm contributing more because I've been forced to contribute more but it does make the game, the levels last longer, because the level that we're talking about in particular, and it is one of the longest levels in the campaign, um, but the first time we did it, I mean, we'd been playing that level for about an hour and ten minutes or something, maybe, maybe more than that, and even doing yeah, it, it today, where we, we went through it like fucking pros, and we were wiping the floor with them, uh, we barely got sent back to, check, to the checkpoints that time, and it still took us about 40 minutes to get to that. And the problem with any Halo game online is if you play co-op with a friend, you can't load up from the checkpoint. If you're out of the match, you're starting the mission all over again. And that ain't fun. <laughs> so, yeah. It's it's not fun, no. The second time round. So, I think we'll do it again, but if it does it a third time, I think... Um... Words will need to be had because no. I don't. Think and I want to play more of the game, experience. and I want to play the other games that are in there, especially because ODST's been added now, hasn't it? <laughs> we'll get to that. Um, yeah, so we've been playing Halo. We've done lots of that. Um, what else have I been playing? I have been playing more Project Cars. I mentioned before that I'd uh, started off playing Project Cars, and uh, I was having struggles because the uh, twitchiness and the difficulty of driving the carts was a bit insane. Um, and there were some audio issues and, and some visual issues. The, they've had a patch put out, which has really improved it for me. Um, it hasn't made the game any easier, but it's just made less uh, bad things happen. So you've got less uh, times when you're locking up and you shouldn't be in, less times when the controls aren't responding. Uh, and the audio issues, I believe, are fixed as well. So it's just making it a more enjoyable experience. Uh, I've got to the point now where, still with the same settings I was on before, so still playing on Pro... Uh, Opponents on, opponents on seventy percent difficulty. I'm still playing automatic just because the carts uh, is a nightmare because they're shifter carts. It's it's difficult. But um, I've now won the cart championship two years in a row. So I've been invited to lots of other things. So I've been driving Pagani Huayras. I've been up. driving uh, R8s. Driving all sorts of things. You get you, when you go for a championship. If you drive well, you get invited to these separate competitions that are going on. So now I'm uh, in the calendar on the game. I'm pretty much doing one different competition every week throughout the year. So there's lots and lots of driving in there um, and switching between different types of car. And that is its own challenge. But I'm 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 getting there. I can't drive the R8 for shit, but the Huayra, I certainly um, threw that around the track and, and won that championship. So is, uh, is, I feel I'm making progress. Is that car particularly back-end happy? Because I get the impression that car is very back-end happy, that Pagani. Uh, no. No? It's actually, it's the most stable car that I've driven in the entire game so far. Uh, and obviously the actual, ga- the actual car itself is really stable because it's got active spoilers front and back. Mm-hmm. 
Um, unfortunately, the active spoilers don't work on the car models in this game, so that really annoyed me. Uh, but that one, just uh, it was an absolute dream to drive. So if you get a chance to do that championship, um, do that. But uh, have you played it at all yet, Dale? You haven't had a chance? I've, I've driven about in a BMW M3 because it's, it's got Brands Hatch in it. And yep. I love Brands Hatch. I just love the first corner of Brands Hatch where you take a right and you go down a hill because it's... You, That's pretty mental. Yeah, because the thing is you have to control the acceleration and the brake because as soon as you start going downhill, the acceleration does it all by itself at that stage. Yeah, so, it's easy to uh, drift out. Yeah, and... exactly. And when you've got it on manual gears and you know you don't have any uh, aids in terms of braking assists or ABS or anything like that, it's really easy to just let your car drift out onto the gravel without really meaning to. So, I, I, yeah, I've, I like it. It's good. And it's certainly a game that if... It's a racing game that if... or It's more it's more a driving game. It does have racing in it, but I really get the impression it's more about driving, how learning how to drive the car. Because yep, once you've done that, the actual AI is probably not the most difficult in the world. I don't know. I think the AI is pretty clever in terms of, in terms of uh, being able to actually race and stuff um, it'll protect the line and things like that I've certainly noticed a bit of that going on Okay, well I'm, I mean I'll dig into it I'm, the problem is that I'm kind of I'm still, as I said earlier I'm kind of flitting between Drive Club and Forza Horizon 2 because I am 67 championships into Forza Horizon 2 currently Oof, play. Uh, and so that means I've still got around about 90 odd to go yeah there's a few championships in that game. You're gonna go from all there, yeah? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm I'm committed to finishing all one hundred and fifty championships in Forza Horizon two at this point. Nice, nice. Um but yeah, I think uh I'm gonna continue with this project cast because it is really enjoyable. It is still crying out for a wheel, but I can't afford one at the moment. Um so if anybody's got a wheel they're getting rid of, throw it my way and it'll be all good in the world. <laughs> Um, what else have I been playing other than that? I have been playing the last couple of days Portal Pinball, which has been released for the Zen Pinball um, games. So Pinball FX2 on the uh, 360 and the Xbox One. And it's pinball based upon the Portal game. Imagine that. So that it seems, it seems incredibly well titled, if that's the case. It is, mate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Will, you've had a go as well. Uh, we're play- both playing it a bit earlier on. I think it's fantastic because you've got the uh, you've got the voices in there from Glados and Wheatley. You've got Peabody and Atlas showing up in there. You've got um, Light Bridges. You've got the Ratman's Den. You've got turrets. You've got lasers. You've got all the things that are in Portal. It's lovely themed as if it's part of the Aperture Labs as well. The table and uh, it's, um, it's hard. What do you think of it, Will? That's what we'll see. Them sidelines oh, it is fucking hard. are a bitch. <laughs> Yeah, it's one of the tables with the worst outlines, I think. And uh, quite that, easy the amount of times I've gone a really good run, and it's that that always gets me. It's, it's never me dropping it. Uh, it's one of the only tables that I kind of understand how to unlock the mini games and how to play at least one of the mini games. Because <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not the best at pinball. But I, I mean, I'd say I've got a modest score on it. I mean, what, what was I sitting at? 18 million? Aye, I'd, that was quite modest. Yeah, uh, I, mean, I, bet, I beat all but one. On my leaderboard, yeah, my local leaderboard. And the local yeah. oh, leaderboard. All but one in the world, mate. I am. 
No. No, I thought you might, yeah, might uh, have meant the friends. No, that's what I mean, aye, my friends leaderboard. That's the one. Aye, we're all the, all the friends on it. Only one yeah. person remaining on that list. <laughs> Who's that, mate? You, you can't. <laughs> yeah! Well, I'm sure you'll beat my 80 on that. I don't even know how you get to that level. I don't, I don't understand that, but... <sighs> Something to do with being awesome, I think, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. Sage advice. Just be the same awesome. as well. You can let it lie, could yeah, you? Because you go me download the Street Fighter table as well, because that's one that you play. And I come on and I'm seeing Furious uh, own Stu sitting there with just under three million, and I'm seeing you with five million. I'm like, all right. And I go on and I'm bouncing the ball about, and I'm noticing the table doesn't give up points very easily. Although it is an easier table than the Portal one, because I don't fall off the sides as often, but. Suddenly, my second go of it, I managed to beat Stu. I'm sitting at just over three million. I'm like, right, I could chase after Jace. So I start off my third go to try and go for your score. And what was your points that you got while I was sitting doing that? Aye. And then that's when I'm like, right, turn this off. I'm not even going for that. (laughs) You always have to take it too far, don't you? You know me, man. I love, I love all that shit. I love leaderboard chasing and points and stuff, and I, I do love pinball games. You see, this is why I the only time I'm confident I could beat Jason leaderboard is in a racing game. I think I could either beat him or give him a very close run for his money on a racing game. Um, but score attack stuff generally beat me though. <laughs> What's that? Sorry, you generally beat me though, would you? And race, racing games are probably if anyone said what what genre would you play if your life depended on it I'd go for a racer every single time just because I'm confident that I can pick them up pretty quickly which uh, Pokemon <laughs> game would you play if your life depended on it <laughs> uh, it's bound to be what I'm going to say uh, what's it Alpha Red yeah. um, I don't know Yellow <laughs> I thought it, I personally I thought it was rhetorical <laughs> Let's not go into a five-minute chat about my favourite Pokemon game. The listeners don't want that. Oh dear, Off track, because you're talking about um, racing games. Boom, boom. Yes. <laughs> oh, I see what you've done there. Yeah. Um, well, we've all got our strengths, haven't we? We've all got our strengths, and uh, Will's got all his weaknesses. We're doing all right. But, um, yes, pinball, uh, portal pinball, uh, to get back on track, is... Really enjoyable fun. It's £2.39, I think, for the uh, table. Well worth it. There's plenty of uh, scope for uh, leaderboard chasing and uh, a few achievements to get in there. So um, buy it, I'd say. Or Fuck off. don't if you don't want to, <laughs> really. We have choice. Um, <laughs> right, I think we're uh, up to uh, getting close to an hour now. So we're probably not going to have time to fit in the wonderful game this time, which we still haven't got a name for. Uh, but we'll do that next time, I think. And uh, unless anybody's got anything else to say, I think we may as well wrap it up, haven't we? I need a pee. Okay, we'll need to pee, Dale. Any uh, urinary requirements from your I side? Don't, I don't. I'm, I'm good. I don't even need a number two. I'm sorted. Okay, well, we'll go off and uh, sort out our various ablutions. And uh, thank you all, listeners, for listening. Uh, if you've got any feedback on anything we've talked about or anything you want to uh, chastise Will for, uh, make sure you get in touch with us on the Twitters at console underscore ninjas 
or on the emails at consoleninjaspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, hopefully we'll get a couple more articles up on consoleninjas.com, so uh, head over there and check out if there's anything worth reading. And uh, until next time, we're going to say ta-ta. Bye. Ta-ra. Ta-ra.